Usually, during the introduction for each episode, we talk about reviews for each film. In this case, there really weren't that many. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of One Crazy Summer. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoof Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters! Hey, welcome to Ruined Childhoods. I'm Dan. Hey, Dan, how's it going? Uh, it's going all right. It's going all right here. And by you? Oh, things are good. You know, we've had some uh, issues. Dan, you are uh, the, the father to a, a freshly born baby, so... Uh, sometimes we can't record as, uh, quickly as we, as we want to be able to. And you know what? That's just the way it goes. And we'll just pretend that it has more to do with the three month old than the eight year old uh, that I have also fathered. Uh, Shots fired. Who can, who's sometimes, uh, less predictable. (laughs) Hey, I get it. I get it. But, uh, I guess it's turning out to be kind of a crazy summer for you, huh? It is indeed one crazy summer here. (laughs) Um, Not the kind that will end in a regatta, unfortunately. You know, I saw something recently. A friend of mine who lives in the UK posted pictures on Instagram of a regatta, and I was like... Hey, what crazy summer. And in Uh, that picture of the regatta, was there one ship that is clearly like not of the level of the others, not of the budget of the others, but but yet has the the willpower to make it through a la summer rental (laughs) or one crazy summer. Now that you mention it. so yeah, let's talk about one crazy summer. I feel like we we said we said our piece about um, about Mrs. Doubtfire, and I I will love that movie and defend it till the end of days. And now we can uh, now we can move on. It's kind of how I feel about the movie End of Days. Although no. Uh- <laughs> so Dan, should I just go ahead and launch into a synopsis? Yeah, go yeah. Just, okay, just go for so, it, and then we'll we'll do the background and and we'll okay. everything else we need to do. High school graduate Hoops joins his buddy George on a summer trip to his family's house on Nantucket, so he can focus on finishing his animation piece about love for his college admission. The only problem, Hoops has never been in love. George and his Nantucket pals, the Stork Twins and Akak, encourage Hoops to go after Nantucket's hottest babe, Cookie, who seems to take a shine to him. But it's clear that Hoops has a bone with... <laughs> what are you laughing at? Because I was laughing at take a shining to? Like reading? Yeah. Like, like communicate? You mean take a shine to? That's what I said. Take a shine to. You said shining. Like like oh, like like I they're think... telepathically communicating. Uh, no. <laughs> it's got the shine. Yeah. No, uh, I think that my autocorrect has done some funky things on here. So if I did say shining, uh I'm I'm going to It's uh, a really interesting twist. I'm gonna try to figure out what I meant to write here. Cookie is not that interesting of a character. No, she isn't. She certainly isn't. Uh she doesn't have the shine. Uh has a 
But it's clear that Hoops has a something with Cassandra. A bone. Well, we use we were something going autocorrected bone, to bone. <laughs> a bone to pick? No, he doesn't. No? Uh, he has a a vibe. Let's go with vibe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. They. <laughs> I mean, well, go ahead. This you're is all mid, staying in, by the way. Your mid synopsis. I don't want to. Okay. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Yeah. But it's clear that Hoops has a vibe with Cassandra, a local musician who is fighting for the ability to buy out her deceased grandmother's boarding house before the Beckersteads can swoop in and convert it to a lobster restaurant. Not to mention that Teddy Beckerstead, the short-tempered heir of the Beckerstead fortune, is Cookie's boyfriend. But despite Hoops' efforts to help Cassandra raise the money for the mortgage, the the deed still goes to the Beckersteads. But that's when Akak comes up with a plan to force the Beckersteads' hands in a Beckersteads' hand in a lesson of pride. They decide to fix up an old boat and compete against Teddy in the annual regatta. And if they win, they could trade the trophy for the deed. But what becomes clear is that the key to winning a regatta is the friendship and trust that brings these teens together. Friendship. It, you know. Okay. So this is uh, directed by Savage Steve Holland. The the second of the John Cusack Savage Savage Steve Holland movies, um, Better Off Dead being the the first of the two, and John John Cusack plays Hoops McCann. Demi Moore is Cassandra. Uh, we have Curtis Armstrong as Akak. Uh, the Stork Twins are played by Bobcat Goldthwait and uh, Tom Villard. And Tom Villard, we've what have we seen him in that we've covered on the show? Tom Villard. Tom Villard also appeared in. Oh, I'm. I, I need to. I, I need to go to the internet. I forgot. Uh, Grease two. Oh, Grease wow. two. That's where it was. That's yes. so funny. Uh, yeah. He was also in Shakes the Clown. Did we cover Shakes the Clown? We have not covered Shakes the Clown. I think that Shakes the yet. Clown came up when we were talking about Quick Change, but maybe that's it. Uh, okay, Probably. so uh, and as He's in uh, My George, Girl. what's up? He's also in My Girl. Oh, My Girl. That's right. He's in My Girl. Yeah, he's in My Girl. The original. Yeah, he's one of the people in the uh, the poetry class, like kind of the hippie guy. Oh uh, yes, yes. And we have uh, Joel Murray as George Calamari. And it never occurred to me that we're seeing a Murray brother playing a teenager. <laughs> also, never has anyone questioned the fact that for some reason there's this kid from like the Nantucket or New England area who mysteriously has a Chicago accent. <laughs> uh, that's just something that we all accepted at in 1986, I guess. I mean, look, it, when you're going into this movie... You you have to be prepared to expect uh, to really like l- let go. You have to disregard your disbelief. Uh, suspend suspend your disbelief. Suspend your disbelief. Yeah, yeah. You really we are all s- over the place today. <laughs> we really are. You have to have a bone with your disbelief. A bone. Yeah, yeah we've also to, got. But we've also got golding go Jeremy Piven as Ty. When was Jeremy Piven not balding Jeremy Piven? I say this with Until all due respect. Hair as a, plugs. A, yeah. a bald man myself. So well, I'd say, but this is supposed to per- potentially be a, like a teen. Although I, so I guess that was a question I had for you because I, I got the impression that Teddy and his crew 
were like of college age. Maybe it's like the frat Maybe business. Maybe 20 or 21. Off. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, I don't think they're in grad school, but like yeah. they seem to be a, a bit more. I don't want to say they seem collegiate because they don't, but they seem like frat boys. They do. They do. And and big ups to Matt Mulhern, who plays Teddy Beckerstead. You know, whenever I've watched this movie in the past, I've always thought of him as just like, ugh, it's, you know, the the William Zabka type. Yeah, yeah. He's blonde and whatever. But he does something very different, and it's so funny the way he plays this character. It's so comical and cartoonish, which plays well into Savage Steve Holland's, you know, vibe, or bone, if you will. He throws in, there's like, there. it's like he's dumber than a William Zabka character. He yeah. kind of, he throws in this little buffoonishness to uh, to the performance. Well, he really nails the like spoiled white, you know, heir to a fortune. Like, I don't know, part of this family that uh, is emotionally and sometimes <laughs> physically abusive. And uh, yeah. it's, it, it definitely, I... Uh, has a a really strange, I don't know, feeling to it that um, that he gives, that Matt Mulhern gives. And it's, I don't know, really impressive. And also Mark Metcalf, who plays his father, is such a good asshole. Well, he's like, I don't want to say he's the original asshole, but uh, Mark Metcalf uh, it played Niedermeyer in National Lampoon's That's Animal true. House. Yeah. So, you know, like whenever they when 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 the dean needed something dirty and dastardly to be done, put Niedermeyer on it. He's a sneaky little shit. Yeah. And then William Hickey as the uh, grandpa Teddy's grandfather. Yeah, a grandpa Beckerstead who. <laughs> He's William Hickey's just great. He's fantastic. No, well, I was gonna say nobody smokes a cigar like that man, but I'd say that the person who he probably most is to be confused with, George Burns. Yeah, yeah, certainly okay. does yeah. uh, one ups him in that department. But um, if you think about uh, you know William Hickey, especially in like Christmas Vacation, yeah, it's like notable <laughs> cigar smoking scenes in both of these movies. So. He definitely, yeah, the William Hickey performance. And to think that Christmas Vacation came after this, it's maybe they yeah. maybe they saw him in this and just like, we want him to do that, but in a Christmas movie. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> who knows? Maybe, but yeah, we, we love William Hickey. Uh, sure. Know, pour one out, but. Uh. I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to, I'm not even going to question that one. Yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> we we're pretty safe saying it. 1997, uh, he passed away. Oh, okay, all right, yeah. So, yeah, I think his last thing was uh, it might have been Forget Paris. I remember him as oh, he was uh, well, he was in Prissy's Honor, but he was also well, in Nightmare Before Christmas. He was Doctor Finkelstein. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we My Blue Heaven, My Blue Heaven, of course. Uh, the the you pet shop owner, right. <laughs> and I said it better. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just that distinct voice, but yeah, oh, Pritzi's honor. Damn, that's a great movie. Yeah, yeah, I lots lots of classics in here. Lots of yeah. classics in his filmography. Mikey, but yeah, I Nikki. Think, I think Forget yeah. Paris, where he was 
Uh, I, I forget if he played Deborah Wingers, like father or grandfather or, or Billy Crystal's, but His character was Arthur. I would, I could see him more as a, a Deborah Winger. I don't know. I just remember they had him in the car and he kept like reading, he would just read all the road signs. Hmm. Okay. Going, man. Denny's. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's a really fun cast. Uh, you know, it also brings Curtis Armstrong back into the, Savage Steve Holland fold as Akak playing a very a, different type of role. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh kind of a <laughs> a pushover, an ideasman. Um although that's the one that I'm like that's the one that I think even as a kid I was like are we supposed to believe he's like is he's playing like 14 in this? <laughs> like are we supposed to believe that, Curtis like, Armstrong came out of the womb with a five o'clock shadow. I mean, like, oh, that, yeah. I'm, but it's like, it, it, I, I don't think Moonlighting was on TV yet at that point. But like, Curtis Armstrong had already been in movie college in Revenge yeah. of the Nerds and played a much more mature acting or looking teen in Risky Business. So in sure, this, he plays yeah. like Joe Flaherty's son, and, and yeah. they're probably like the same age. <laughs> probably not too far off but yeah, it's the type of thing where you think about has, it you're like he has a youthful spirit we never questioned this when we were kids he has a very youthful <laughs> spirit not. and um he also plays a very like you know admirable character he has a good heart and that's something that like curtis armstrong was not known to be playing um we have uh bobcat goldthwaite as egg stork who is doing his at the time, Bobcat Goldthwait thing. And I I was just watching a trailer from One Crazy Summer, and it's Bobcat Goldthwait kind of talking you through the movie. And he's like, how's this movie with Jack Cusack, Demi Moore, like doing that whole thing? And he's like talking about it's the really, movie. It's really funny. Just, Go and yeah. see it. <laughs> yeah. And it actually like starts off with him doing like a voice of like a, is it Warner brothers that, that this movie is yeah. of like a Warner brothers thing. And it's like all wild and stuff. And it's so funny because like this movie, it utilizes the, the actors and the specific things that they're good at. Uh, and it's almost like it's built around that because you have John Cusack in that classic, like eighties, John Cusack vibe, the like, Lloyd Dobler, John Cusack, like, you know, puppy dog eyed, like kind of lovable loser, but like he's not, he's not without his skills or or talent, much like, you know, better off dead. Like he was still a really, he was an awesome, he was a good skier. Yeah. He was still a really good skier. And in this, like, he's a really great artist uh, and draws these, like, you know, really cute cartoons yeah and then you also have demi moore who was just in like saint elmo's fire and like blame it on rio like there wasn't too much demi moore before this about last night about last night and i am so glad that demi moore did this movie because if like anytime after this she would never have been in a movie like this it's such an interesting blip on her 
yeah. on her resume where like in between all of the, you know, like indecent proposals and G.I. Jane. Yeah. And ghost. A few good. Nothing men. but trouble. Nothing. Yeah. I guess nothing but trouble is the other one. What did Warner Brothers have on Demi Moore? <laughs> that is a great question. <laughs> that is a really solid question. There are. There- they were like, let's see, who's a reputable actress uh, that who wouldn't be caught dead in a movie like this that we could get in a movie like this? And they're like, well, we've got the Demi Moore file. <laughs> you know what? Uh, you know what she was in early on that I've never seen that I wanted to see is Young Doctors in Love, the Gary Marshall like parody movie. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. heard of that. I've never uh, seen it though. Sean Young, Michael McKeon, uh. It's got uh, Harry Dean Stanton, Dabney Coleman, Taylor Negron, who That's, also makes oh, an appearance. In in One Crazy Summer and yeah. also in Nothing But Trouble. <laughs> Taylor Negron. Taylor Negron. Yeah. Uh, oh, and you know what you also have in this? I'm sorry. This is really interesting. Sorry to interrupt you here. Yeah. But so you also have because I was I was going to ask you if you think that like they just told Bobcat Goldthwait, like, just do what you've been doing in Police Academy. Right. Just do that. And you also have Billy Bird, who uh, appeared yeah. in Police, Police Academy, Academy 4. 4 as uh, Mrs. Mrs. And Feldman. five, I and six, she's six. in six as right, a different five, they're in character. Miami. Yeah, yeah. But was she um, a different character in six? She was a different character in six. Oh man, what are they? What are you doing to us, please? Again, <laughs> I don't know. We have her signed for this, but you know, uh, I don't know, Mrs. Feldman. Mrs. Feldman strikes again. Like, yeah, no, she's like, she's like wealthy, and she's it's it's interesting. Oh, oh wait, yeah. you know what? Except I wonder if maybe if it's supposed to be her character remarried. Sorry, we're digging in way too deep to Police Academy Six right now. So yeah. uh to get us back on back on target here. Oh, you got Rich Welcome Hall. Back. Comedian Rich Hall, who has been touring with Bobcat Goldthwait recently. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure Rich Hall, who's the other gas station attendant. And speaking uh, of people named Rich, we have Rich Little as Rich, the radio DJ. Rich Little, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, man, another great uh, device of this. Uh, so this movie has a lot of like signs of the time in it, and one of them is the radio call-in contest, right? Where, which is what, um, uh, what's his Uncle face, uh, George's. Uncle Uncle Frank has been waiting to win this uh, like million dollar call in contest, and yeah, I know that they do still have like radio call in things, but they're not. It's not what it once was. No. So, um, did you ever you ever win any radio call in contest, John? No, I never did. No, did you? You did a few times. Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, uh, t- tickets to the to see a, a pre- preview screening of Lethal Weapon Three in New York. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think it was sold as like the New York premiere of Lethal Weapon Three, but it wasn't. It wasn't like you know. It's the, really just a normal. The test cast screening was or something. the cast was not there. There were a couple of people from the Z100 Z Morning Zoo that were there. So, um, right. Uh, so uh, there was that I had, wa- I won tickets, I won concert tickets once, uh, and uh, like saw the strokes Okay. with concert tickets. I won my, my first DVD player. 
Oh, I remember this. Yeah. And it was I I had to go into New York City to the WPLJ headquarters. Wow. One Penn Plaza to get my my big DVD player, which came with a free copy of Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Not bad. A coupon to get because this was fall 1999 Mm -hmm. and it had a coupon to get a free. You'd send it in, get a free copy of The Spy Who Shagged Me. Oh. On, on DVD. And it also came with um like a free trial like membership for this new thing that you could do where you'd go on to a to the web to a website and you'd choose your movies and they would send you the DVDs in the mail. <laughs> and then and you'd get them in the mail, and then there was no time limit. You'd send them back whenever, no fee, and the, it came with an envelope. You just sent it right back, and they had all these movies that you couldn't get at, at Blockbuster. So it was amazing, and uh, it was Netflix. Man, I I remember those days. I, I know I, was, I still have some Netflix DVDs that I never returned. I was Netflix and chilling before that was a thing. And it wasn't the thing I was doing when I was doing it. But, <laughs> uh, but, but yes, back when Netflix was DVDs. And I think that the movie from Netflix that I never returned was Defending Your Life. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I, if you have to come at me, Netflix, I've yeah, given you seriously. plenty of money over the years. Don't worry. Um, I, so I actually remember the first movies I rented from Netflix. Ooh, what were they? It was the Radiohead documentary, Meeting People is Easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stanley Kubrick, I th- I, I'm pretty sure it was The the Killing, Stanley Kubrick's, okay. uh, not his first movie. It might have been Killer's Kiss, which was his kind of first like that major that wasn't his first yeah i think the killing was like his first major movie great noir flick uh and that th- it was like one of the only kubricks that i couldn't track down at blockbuster got it okay uh, so so anyway so yeah so uh but radio call in contests um and and there were definitely people who would sit by their radio and they'd wait for like you know, yeah when you hear the you know when when you hear uh Julian Lennon announced the call letters of the radio station be the 101st caller to win 101 <laughs> million dollars yeah whatever yeah Always something like that. Uh, so I love, I, I, I enjoy that. Julian uh, Lennon. So, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, so who's the right person to come to mind here? Brian, would Brian Adams announce his yeah, call? Yeah, who's available? Yeah. I don't know, Julian uh, Lennon? <laughs> sure, why not? Um, yeah, uh, well, Dan, going back to yeah. um, One Crazy Summer, which I know we didn't really veer off of because we're talking about Uncle Frank and the call-in contest, but what are some of the things that you remember most about this movie? Like, when you're re-watching it, where you're just like, oh my god, I remember this scene syllable for syllable. Oh, wow, that's a great question. Um, I, syllable for syllable, I don't know, but they're definitely... 
moments and images that I'm like, oh, I know they're coming. Um, you know, when George is buried in the sand and has the chair over him oh, yeah. and the guy comes over and is like eating the chili and he's listening to down on the corner. By the way, this movie's got an awesome soundtrack. The soundtrack <laughs> is absolutely great, bananas. Your rhythmics uh, yeah. are, are in the great, uh, great sequence to would, would I lie to you? Um, what oh, else? I love what I lie to you. Oh, great yeah. use in this movie. Um, uh, what, what else do I remember? Um, the scene, um, the scene where they, where they do like the basketball challenge and they have Akak yeah. as the hoop and it, it's, it's, uh, what does she say? Oh, but I do know that it was the name of the company that makes mace and. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, so like, so there's that, there, oh, there's definite lines, like, I'm doing my laps, I'm doing, I'm doing my, my laps. laps. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um. Teddy losing th- his mind. Like, Teddy losing his mind, William Hickey at the end going, friendship, that's the real investment. <laughs> like, I remember lines wow, vaguely. It's, it's Burgess Meredith plus, uh, George Burns, <laughs> I guess, is, is William Hickey. Sure, why not? Yeah, that- that makes sense. Oh man, Burgess Meredith would have been great. I hope that, that the three of them are like making like uh, a a a movie together in heaven. Oh man, <laughs> I, I would watch that. I would, I would, I would subscribe to Afterlife Netflix. For that's a great idea. Like <laughs> after you die, you should do that. <laughs> Create Afterlife Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> What is it like the Psychic Movies Network? <laughs> Listen, Dan, I don't know. I'm not the guy who comes up with the how to. I'm the guy that comes up with the you should do this. Yeah, <laughs> you're just the guy who says you should do this. Yeah. Uh, um. Yeah. So that would be. Yeah, that would be fun. Oh man, the three of the three of them, just the three of them smoking cigars and cackling and like making dirty jokes. It would yeah. just be the outtakes from like Grumpy Old Men, but with the three of them. Yeah. And it would be, and uh, wow! Now I just want to watch that. I'm like, I'm pissed that it doesn't exist. Yeah, you know, and it, it's really funny because, you know, when I think about growing up and watching movies like One Crazy Summer, and you know, I I think about like my daughter who watches movies, and for her, she likes movies best where there is a like a young female character she can identify with, and certainly. Kids want to see movies with other kids like them in it. And that's not a hard and fast rule. I'm sure there are a lot of exceptions. But this is a movie where, like, I remember William Hickey's role just as much as I remember, you know, Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. I, I mean, but that's it's also, like, what we gravitated to as as kids. And it was also like, we didn't have all the choices. Like we couldn't go through all the streaming services and say, no, of course. Yeah. You know, Hey, Hey Siri, show me streaming options with strong female leads. Yeah. It was like, Oh, Oh, Siri is actually responding to me now. Uh, <laughs> um, so it, it was, you know, it was really just like, we saw one crazy summer a lot because it was on HBO yeah. a lot. Anyway, I'm just going back to the scenes that we remember really sure. well. Bobcat uh, telling the story about like the the kid <laughs> that he used to pick on. Yeah, I used uh, to beat him up. 
Yeah. Ak-ak. He's like, hey, why are you so fat? <laughs> Ak- Akak, uh, you know, collecting shells on the beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of those, like, just scenes. That Were there any that you just remembered word for word? I think that there's, like, certain moments and that, like, really, that, like, I think about that are, like, in my head all of the time. And one of them, and this one is just, it's the way that Bobcat Goldthwait does this line read but it's when he goes to the so when they're on Nantucket there's a movie that's being filmed about a dolphin with rabies which is fantastic and the stork twins somehow have these like jobs where they're just watching the prop truck at night (laughs) it's like the wardrobe and prop truck at night or something yeah and uh and Egg, Bobcat Goldthwait's character, goes to the truck and he's on his little like moped or whatever. And he goes up to um, Clay, his brother, and he goes, Dad needs you back at the gas station. And the way he says like gas station, like <laughs> always stuck out in my head. And it's just the way that like Bob, like I can't replicate it. I just absolutely can't. But like at a gas station, like it just comes out in this one very specific way. And, um, yeah, I think about that all the time. Why don't There's... we ever meet their father? <sighs> I'd love to meet their father. Who would, well, who would maybe have... we'll get back to that. Later. 1986. 1986. Who would I, I I know maybe we're getting in maybe we're putting the cart before the horse here, but 1986, who would you cast as the Stork Twins' father? Ooh, that is interesting. My first thought is James Cromwell. <laughs> now, I think I think that it and hey, this is a Curtis Armstrong link too. But like, yeah. I, I think that it's a Revenge of the Nerds. It's Lewis. He plays Lewis's father. But I'm thinking about somebody who can have like the same characteristics as Clay, who's like tall and skinny, right. but who can clearly like dope it up. The way that like egg is, and I don't know. I think that that would be, and also somebody who's like age appropriate for that time, right? Right. Um, yeah. Because I think that like other actors who would be age appropriate in that time, uh, you know, the ones that I think of are more like, you know, leading man territory. Yeah, like Rodney Dangerfield was someone who came to mind, but like Rodney yeah. Dangerfield, I don't know if he can be sloppy enough to do that because even when he's like you know dumbed down he's still like put together you know what i mean yeah i mean sloppy well i think the sloppiness he could i i think of him in natural born killers oh well yeah that's a very different rodney dangerfield yeah yeah but also just like that's um but I, I think that Rodney Dangerfield, especially in 86, when Back to School is out, is right. too big of a star. I think James Cromwell is that <laughs> that right level, and you're going for the same kind of audience here. So James 86. Cromwell or Yeah. Um who else like 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 Harry Dean Stanton? Uh I mean I could see Harry Dean Stanton. Owning a a garage and gas station. 
But not so, one where there's like theft and murder happening. Just a, uh, just a regular. Old I, I mean, gas Harry station. Dean. I like. It would been interesting to see Harry Dean stand because it's like it's not like he never did comedy, but it would be fun to see Harry Dean Stanton play the father of these two people or like, and then I don't like their mother. Who would you cast? It's, as, t- it's tough because yeah. you know, my, my view of my, like my 1986 brain, you know, I was three years old and <laughs> all grow all people that were taller than I was were adults. Right. <laughs> and uh, so it's it's kind of difficult to think about people that would fit into that role, because if you if I'm thinking about people who were like adults at that time, they're probably not too much older than like Bobcat Goldthwait was. Right. So uh, what about like a Phyllis Diller, like just throwing someone like that into the mix. Yeah. Or like a Florence Henderson, you know, like Florence I don't Henderson, Cloris yeah. Leachman. Oh, a Cloris Leachman could totally be the stork mother. I mean, Cloris Leachman so versatile and yeah. could do just uh, just about anything. So anyway, yeah. this but, is not a but anyway. This is what we're talking about. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm still like on the but, the father track because I feel like there's like my brain is like really just being opened up to the the options that are out there. I'm trying to think of people from like from TV and I'm, I'm thinking of like a Jonathan Winters. Uh, yeah. But I feel like that's too, uh, it's not interesting to me. James Cromwell is, is more interesting. <laughs> uh, but I, I, like just thinking about different, cause I feel like TV would have been. What about place. like Norman fell? <laughs> I that could would see been, him. That would have been. I, I would. I would have gone for that. You I know, or or I would have put Norman Fell in the Joe Flaherty role and put Joe Flaherty in the Stork Father role. Oh, yes, because I could totally see Joe Flaherty doing that. Also, he's like three years older than them, like, <laughs> like tops. Well, it's the same <laughs> thing with with Curtis Armstrong. So, oh, absolutely, yeah. Like, there's no way. Um, yeah, it, it, and but I feel like that age difference would make more sense with the stork twins that's true i'm actually i'm now i'm wondering uh okay joe flaherty was born in 1941 curtis armstrong uh was born in 53 oh i was guessing totally guessing with the 51 there 53 so not a huge age difference not a huge age difference there no uh, but they really aged down Curtis Armstrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he shaved. <laughs> he did the bare minimum. Um, yeah, this is one of those movies where, you know, the plot itself is shaky. I mean, it's a very classic, like, we have to save the blank type of thing. And you have uh, John Cusack playing what I'm assuming is, like, a a role that's based slightly on Savage Steve Holland, who has this like animation background. And, you know, it's like, oh, this animator, it starts off where it's like this animator has to do a cartoon about finding love. And it's really just the, you know, it's the MacGuffin. It's the thing that gets him into Nantucket. And then all, then all the plot stuff happens. But um, 
and you see it come back here and there, the the cute and fuzzy bunnies and yeah, all that kind of stuff. But you know, it's the Savage Steve Holland kind of like mark on it where there's some sort of animation as as part of it. And uh it's it's fun and it works for this movie. Uh this movie has a very distinct personality similarly to you know Better Off Dead where you have like the $2 thing going on. I feel mm-hmm. like One Crazy Summer is so is different enough from um Oh Better my god. Better Off Dead. I don't know why I blanked on the name of the movie I just said a second ago. A Better Off Dead, you know, it kind of has its own identity while still being like feeling like it's part of this family. Yeah. And I uh, uh, I think that a lot of that credit just goes to the the cast. I mean, clearly being uh in Nantucket is a different feel when you know, as opposed to like somewhere where there's skiing involved. Um but you still have the like you know, John Cusack's character being an illustrator. Being an illustrator, but also this like kind of not even a wannabe athlete thing, because it's not like he even wants to be an athlete. And there's and th- there's there's story here that that really doesn't get explored. I guess oh, with yeah. his mother wanting him to be a, like a basketball player. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Is it ever explained if Hoops is his given name? Uh, yes. Uh, I think he, I think he explains that that's not his. See, I don't even remember that, but it's like all people ever call him is either Hoops or McCann. And, you know, once he gets to Nantucket, he makes a name for himself pretty quickly around town. Everybody knows who he is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Ty sees him at the drive and he's like, it's Cookie. And she's with McCann. And it's like, how do you know who this guy is? Like they've been going to school together forever. Yeah, no, not even close. Yeah, it's yeah. is that George McFly? <laughs> yeah, totally. So uh also I gotta say, this is one of those like I love seeing movies and like keeping a, a list in my head of movies that take place at drive-in theaters. And uh this this one has a, such a great drive-in theater scene. I, I just love it. So Yes. Yeah. Big fan of that. Great so, drive-in um, theater scene. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really feel like this movie kind of just like goes under the radar but and and for so many people like just haven't heard of it and it's like if you just want to watch something that you don't have to think during put this on because like the less thinking you do the better you're gonna just realize like uh what is what is happening why are they doing this now oh they just wanted to have a scene where there's a boat regatta <laughs> so they're gonna gotta have make a, it happen gotta have a regatta uh, that, that and and the scene where uh, Bobcat Goldthwait is in the monster outfit. <laughs> My God, the like Godzilla outfit, well, and he's stomping all over the model of this of the, the city. setup. The setup to this is fantastic. From him, like sn- sneaking into the, not being able to get out of the suit. And then right. being in the bushes when William Hickey throws the cigar and it lands in his mouth. So now he's got smoke pouring out of his mouth and yep. and he starts walking in this panic, just starts stomping all over the Beckerstead Estates model. Yeah. And the are we to assume Japanese 
bank officer yeah. who like gets a kick out of it all. It's real. That's probably the most well thought out part of this movie. It that's very well orchestrated. <laughs> that okay. There's that. There's and here's a character we haven't talked about. Squid. Squid, George's sister, Squid Calamari. Squid Calamari, who's, <laughs> who has this dog who, like, I think the only thing really wrong with the dog is the dog's got one of those cones over its head, so it won't, like, you know. It's got, like, a bandage on its ear or something. It's got a bandage on its ear. It's got a cone around its head, so, like, it won't lick its balls or whatever. And, uh, but everyone just makes fun of this dog. I love the whole thing with the, uh, uh, the crossing guard, who uh, you might recognize as Ricky's mom from Better Off uh, Dead. Right. Mm-hmm. I was like, I know that voice sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, and then the whole thing with if someone slaps you. Was that something? Is that something you've ever heard of outside of the context no. of this movie? Where if you're right. making it, a if you're making a silly face to make fun of someone and you get slapped on the back while you're making it, your face will freeze that way. You know, there's always that it's like, if you make that face too long and it's going to stick. But like the whole setup with that and then the two girls on are with the frozen faces are Dog on the Dog from space. Yeah. <laughs> but Squid is just so like, she doesn't say anything, but she just gets her revenge. Oh, and yeah. especially after- And then those old- girls come back in the movie and their faces are still all messed up. That's oh, great. yeah. Yeah. Um- and she does the thing with Taylor Negron and Rich Hall where she yeah. closes their ties into the where window. Where their ties just so conveniently go inside of the car. But it builds up. It builds up to to the end when she helps them. Uh, when when she... Uh, Help is on the way. Yeah. <laughs> Squid is on the way, man. No, when Squid gets... Uh, oh, because what's-his-face falls into the uh, Mr. Beckerstead, Teddy's dad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fall like is knocked off into the water and he's trying to shoot a crossbow at their sail yeah and yeah and uh squid inside the dolphin with rabies (laughs) uh tips the boat so that he misses and he falls into the water and just saves the day squid's so wonderful she's fantastic what a great character oh yeah i hope she's well yes yeah, don't don't know much uh, uh, of of what that actress has done since. She's fantastic. I really appreciate her, yeah. and I wish her well. That's all. Absolutely. I hope she hasn't done anything terrible. When I look her up in a minute. Yeah. No, I hope she's alive and well. And, and... I hope that her Wikipedia page doesn't have a controversy section. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. I do the I do the controversy section check a lot. Uh yeah, I bet. That's... Kristen Goals, G O E L Z. Uh let's see has she done anything? Oh wow. She was in One Crazy Summer and then the TV one episode of the show The New Adventures of Beans Baxter. Oh. Okay. Wow. You're the only person to ever say, oh, okay, to the new adventures of Beans Baxter starring Jonathan Ward and Jerry Wasserman. Well, I figured I could just say whatever, what everybody else is thinking is like, what? What is that? I've never heard of it. 
But I'm just saying, no, okay, that's good. <laughs> I'm glad she, uh, you know, got some work after this. Yeah. Um, oh, she has a Turner Classic Movies uh, page, but I think it's just for One Crazy Summer. Well, of course. It's a Turner Classic movie. Okay. Ooh, this is definitely her. Senior Vice President, Client Partner at Evoke in New York. And I'm looking at the picture, and that's that's definitely her. Oh, that's definitely her. Yeah, but that's yeah. oh, that's great. She looks like she's thriving. Yeah. Um, she was uh, endorsed by somebody named Kimberly Price on LinkedIn for something. Uh, good for her. Well, you got the Kimberly Price endorsement. That's that's like the yeah. seal of approval. Absolutely. Um, just so proud of her. Yeah. So yeah. she goes by Chrissy now, and um, very happy for her. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. That's that's always a relief when 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 that's how it turns out. Yeah. Evoke, uh, which is an advertising service, and their you know tagline is "Health More Human." Gotta appreciate that. That's just what I'm saying about what I'm reading on LinkedIn. That's wonderful. Excellent. Uh, too bad we, we, we couldn't get her to, uh, come on as a guest. <laughs> well, we didn't think to reach out. So no, not at all. Not until this moment. Not until um, this very moment. No. We're witnessing it all. Yeah. Yeah. So this is one of those, uh, you know, uh, early John Cusack, Jeremy Piven, um, you know, one, two punches. This was the first. This was the first. Was this maybe the beginning of their, of their friendship? No, they had been roommates previously, and I think John Cusack studied at the acting school where Jeremy that Jeremy Piven's parents ran in Chicago. Ah, the Piven's Institute. Yes, the Piven Institute. Yep, the Piven Institute. The Piven's. Yeah, you got there. You got there. You got there in three. Good job. <laughs> nice. That's my Wordle score. Yeah, Piven's got it in three. <laughs> uh yeah so uh but yeah jeremy pivens you know of course uh his his old jeremy i think that we both just added an s to the end of his name it's just jeremy piven yeah no yeah jeremy no it's not jeremy pivens <laughs> i swear it's jeremy pivens mandela effect <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i would love it if there was a jeremy piven thing that was part of the mandela effect like, no, he always had thick hair. <laughs> I remember a time when he had really thin hair. No, look back. It's always been there. I swear, I remember, if you go back to the first season of Entourage, in the credits, God, I remember it says Pivens. Yeah. It says Pivens. <laughs> it says Pivens. It's in the first season. <laughs> I listened to someone. I listened to a podcast interview with someone once. I had to shut it off. Because they were talking about the Berenstein Bears and how, oh yeah, and and how like no, it wasn't always it wasn't spelled S T A I N. It was yes, no, it has always been spelled that way, and you just your mind just filled in an E because it's more natural there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, there's no Mandela effect thing. Sorry. Yeah. Let's talk about Cassandra for a second. Oh yeah. Oh, have we not She's talked a, about like arguably the well the uh, I guess John Cusack arguably the biggest star in the movie. But at the time, yeah. I I mean Demi Moore, 
I'd say like she commits. She commits to this role. I I love the song "Don't Look Back" that she sings with her band at the uh, at that bar. So great. Uh, it's she. You know, when we meet her, she's you know gotten some money out of some bikers who are uh, chasing after her. Who, uh, if Bobcat Goldthwait wasn't Egg Stork, would have been the uh, would stain the main person in this gang. Right. And um, and yeah, I I don't know. Like she has this kind of like uh grungy hippie vibe to her and but she's also then still like you know a nantucket at a nantucketer at heart a nantucketer at heart and her music is very 80s like synth pop uh so the grungy folky vibe is really just yeah I think that yeah, the look I think was was off for the style of music, but it made sense for the well, type she, of person that that hoops would have been attracted to. She's got to be the 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 counter cookie. She's the anti cookie. Yeah, because Cookie is you know blonde. She shows off her body, whereas Cassandra wears like loose clothing and has like weird braids in her hair that typically wouldn't be there. It's not super. I don't know. Well kempt. And she's, yeah, she's kind of grungy in that way. She um, hitchhikes. She know. hitchhikes. She's kind of a badass. One of the things that I found peculiar in my last watch is that I, and I forget exactly why it happens, but she, they pick her up on the way to Nantucket and like save her from these biker guys. And then she's like instantly just like buddies with them all. Like instantly George, who's like driving the car, like, does or says something and she like they all kind of like go like george and just kind of like hit at him and she does it too and i'm just like huh okay she's already that comfortable with them to do all that so that's great well she and hoops have some bonding time on the on the they all bond on the ferry right yeah i think this was pre-ferry though anyway Maybe. Anyway. oh yeah 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 no i think i know it's like right it. when they get in the Cause, car because he like does the jump onto the ferry like the with in the car like i think it's before that yeah yeah uh yeah anyway um it's a fascinating movie well i guess the, i love i love the the boat repair montage the boat repair montage is fantastic but wait hold on a second so do we think that maybe if cassandra and George both, if not grew up on Nantucket, like spent a lot of time on Nantucket um, at their grandparents' places, uh, that <laughs> maybe they did know each other. You know, well, Dan, I once knew a man from Nantucket. <laughs> never mind. Oh. Uh, I, uh, maybe, but they never, this, they never say that. Well, also, like, it wasn't until this most recent viewing that I realized that, oh, she probably, like, I didn't think that she lived there. I thought that, like, she came back. That's what I was thinking, too, yeah, to save her grandmother's house. Her grandfather, right? Is there a grandfather? Grand I don't remember. Oh, I thought grand it was grandmother. I think anyway. Was, yeah. Somebody Doesn't who just matter. died. A grandparent who died. Yes. And I think it was like a boarding house. It was like a house where people could stay that for, for old folks. Yeah. Yeah, it was like a yeah, the boarding boarding home for seniors. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so it's Grandfathers, a, okay. Grandfathers, I'm so sorry I mischaracterized the experience of Cassandra Eldridge. Yeah, I mean, it's just a whole alternate timeline now. Ooh, uh, one crazy summer into the summerverse in the the multiverse, the hell, the savage, the multiverse of savage, summer, savage Steve Holland verse. I'd be down to get involved in that multiverse. Well, you know what though, that it, it kind of brings us to uh, the the what would you do here? What 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 would you do? Well, what 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 would I do is and uh, I. I'm I'm just gonna say, uh, you know, S- Steve Holland uh, from from here on. Um, so it, it, that uh, all right, he's he's kind of moved on. Like he's not he's not making films anymore. We talked about it. Did with a lot of like Nickelodeon Dead. shows, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, don't I think know- with the. With I think with uh, Dan Schneider, who does have a controversy section on his oh, Wikipedia page, yes, yes, a very he does. long one. Yes, he does. Uh, but that's we won't need to discuss that right now. Uh, so anyway, what I would love to see is kind of an animated series that is based on that maybe incorporates the characters from. Better off dead. Um, you know, one crazy summer. How I got into college, which was the the third right. Steve Holland film from eighty nine. Who was in and, that one? Uh, uh, I think Lara Flynn Boyle is might be the only name that I remember, and I'm not even one hundred percent sure that she's in it. Uh, I yeah, don't... she is. Uh, Corey Parker, Lara Flynn Boyle, Anthony Edwards. Uh, Charles Rockets in that one from uh, Earth Girls Are Easy. Oh, right. Yes. Ryan Doyle Murray. Tom so, Kenny. Philip Baker Hall. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I'm Hartman, thinking. Nora Dunn. Sorry. I'm thinking like an animated series that carries the spirit of these. And I would probably center it around like the one crazy summer world because i think it's just the most uh i think it lends itself the most to uh to a type of animated series where you would have these characters coming together in different things because you could think of the uh you know the group like george uh, hoops akak cassandra as kind of like a like a, Sco- a scooby gang um <laughs> and where they have to you know all these these different things are happening and they have to solve them uh but that mean old mr beckerstead and his obnoxious son teddy are always like i'm just imagining like an animated teddy beckerstead being like i have to do my laps uh-huh. um you know like the scene there's that scene in one crazy summer where all the lobsters are in the pool and they uh, you know attack teddy and, and cookie uh because apparently you can't see lobsters in your swimming pool so strange uh, uh so strange there's so many like the I'm imagining like animated stork twins and like look if you could get Bobcat Goldthwait to come back and do that character that would be great it's also probably not gonna happen ever but if you could at least get his blessing to have like somebody else kind of take over the character and yeah. do 
that thing that he did. And I think of it in the style almost of it for some reason, as I was thinking about like, what would the style of this be? The clerks animated series came to mind. Oh, okay. Interesting. And I was just, I was thinking like, it would be a fun, like, like classic style animated series. And it could be some, the type of thing that you would see on like adult swim, uh, you know, more, I guess, teen or college aged geared thing, something to appeal, something that's not just like 80s nostalgia, like, hey, we're going to make this like an 80s cartoon and like we're going to make this cartoon for the people who loved One Crazy Summer. But maybe to get I think this is how you get a new generation into these like these stories and these characters and this type of humor, because I don't think the live action comedy of this type works anymore right i don't know I, I just can't i can't it doesn't seem to fit in 2022 in you know that, dan in that let form. me i'm gonna see if i can try to like take what you're saying and articulate it in a way that's kind of going through my mind where in 1986 when you have characters acting in this particular type of way in 2022, you have comedic actors of that age or like younger, uh, representing the age that they probably were supposed to be, more like emulating the types of comedic actors from the 80s and 90s, people like Jim Carrey or uh, to a certain extent, Bobcat Goldthwait. I don't think that it's necessarily Bobcat Goldthwait, but people who act over the top and showy in a very different way rather than defining their own style of wacky. Do you know what I mean? I, I do. I'm not sure that. I, I know what you mean. I just, I, I honestly, I can't think of any good examples of comedy that's done like this. Other than, and it's like the the examples that I can think of are like the like Wet Hot Crazy Summer, uh, Wet Hot American Summer, Wet Wet Hot American Summer, <laughs> Wet Hot American Summer. Um, not not the movie necessarily, but the series. Oh yeah, the, the ten years later series that they that they did. Um, you know, it's like or that's, the first day of or the first day of camp. Oh, the first day. That's the one. That's yeah. the one that I'm thinking of. Sorry. Uh, but yeah, that's, but it's not that. Yeah. And I think what I would want in a, in a, in a reboot is that type of humor and in animated form, it can be surreal and it can, you can have things, you could have the radio call-in contest. I think like if you had a live action movie, the, uh, today's audiences, especially the the demographic that this is going for, which is basically like 10 to 13 year old boys. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that they're, you know, we live in a world of Rick and Morty. Uh, mm. you know, we live, we live in a world of like, I I'm trying to think of like what the live action comedies are that kids are into now. I can't think of anything. I, I really don't know. I, I, live action is a tough one. I, you know, there's definitely, I feel like the, the age of like the Nickelodeon show has kind of passed a little bit, um, uh, I don't know what there really is anymore 
for kids like in that 10 to 13 age range. Yeah. Like SpongeBob, like they're like, it's still like SpongeBob. I, they still talk about it. They do. We sound like two, two old people right now. We're like, I don't even know what the kids are into these days. Well, no, that, that's the thing is like, I do, but I can't think like, I can't think of something like this that no 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 that like in today's landscape except for anim animated series like rick and something yeah. like rick and morty might honestly be the closest thing that the like that generation has to this so i think an animated like i don't want to say like the world of steve holland um, cause honestly, he might not even be like, it, it, I don't know that he would even necessarily need to be connected to it, but I don't think it would be hard to find writers who are right. First of all, writers and animators who were inspired by, by these movies, one, especially one yeah. crazy summer better off dead. So why wouldn't you like channel the energy into that? Take these like the I think of all of the things that happen in one crazy summer and imagine it in this animated form. And it works yeah. for me. So, well, I mean, if you think about the, a lot of the characters in one crazy summer, they are cartoon characters. Teddy is a cartoon oh. character. The stork twins are cartoon characters. Uh, you know, Squid is a cartoon character. Our dog is a cartoon character. Uh, George is a cartoon character. George is, you know, kind of where things start to blend into human, but he's yeah. very much a cartoon Ak -Ak character. and Akak's father. Yeah. Old man Beckerstead. Yeah, they're cartoon characters. The the whole Beckerstead family. Uh, Grandma Calamari is a cartoon character. Like Totally. The gas station attendants. <laughs> and the great thing is you could have all of these characters in it and it wouldn't. You know, you, you could have actors emulate those these performances without, you know, like William, like we could still have an old man Beckerstead without having William Hickey. And we could have one that we accept because if the voice is close enough and it doesn't have to be someone doing William Hickey, they could be doing Burgess Meredith. <laughs> and. <laughs> You know, I, I, that's so that I, that's where it goes. And I thought about a lot of different uh, possibilities here. And I, I mean, imagine like what if every season of this animated series ended in a regatta? Like, come on. <laughs> uh, you know, Dan, uh, as you're talking about this, it's kind of making me wonder if this entire movie is kind of in the imagination animated world of Hoops McCann. <laughs> this is his love story where he and Cassandra are really the only two characters that are not cartoon characters. And everybody else, I mean, even Ty, Jeremy Piven's character, and I say that uh, P-I-V-E-N apostrophe S character, uh, you know, is very cartoon character. Like he is... You know, funny. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of he's kind of makes you think if like there's it's kind of crossing over into his world of animation in the in the way that these characters are described. And you know, uh, 
the, what I was thinking of for this, because this was a really tough one for me, because it's such a specific kind of movie, and it's it's one that is not well known. Uh, I think that it's one that, like, if you know it, you totally know it. You don't really forget it, but um, it's not one that most people are super familiar with, and it's it kind of is its own strange thing. And, you know, a lot of people know Better Off Dead. And then once you tell them about this, maybe they'll be like, yeah, I remember something like that. Or if they're like just big John Cusack fans and they're completionists of his work, then they might recognize it. But it's so different from, you know, a lot of his other work that it's just this it's othered in a lot of ways. And um, I was thinking at one point of like, you know, what if there could be a way to tell the story of this summer from different characters' perspectives, but it's just not that kind of movie. It's not that kind of story that people that people are so familiar with. It's not like you could do what are you what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, but you described that and it just made me think Robert Altman's one crazy summer. <laughs> Oh, like, I watched the shit out of that. Like remake it in the style of Nashville. <laughs> I would love that. That's great. <laughs> no, but it's like no one's clamoring for like Joe Flaherty's character's point of view of like this entire summer. You know, it, that's just not anything that anybody wants. So uh, one thing that I was thinking of is like, well, what do you do with these movies that are so specific and so just like pr- they're pretty obscure? They're kind of like just on the border of like obscurity and mainstream, you know, it's like, it's got all of these people in it that could make it mainstream, but it's just too weird for it to be mainstream. And I know that there's a lot of other movies that are like this. And what if you did something with all of those types of movies that are just too weird to be mainstream. And I also put movies into that category, like uh, UHF, you know, UHF. like uh, it's Transylvania it's got, 6 5000. Transylvania 5000. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum, uh, Gina Davis. It's got such a great, incredible cast. And then, uh, you know, something like UHF, it's got Fran Drescher. It does have Weird Al, who is just, you know, forever amazing. But for some reason, they just like didn't transcend out of their like kind of cult status. And uh, I feel like there needs to be some way to honor these but not to like remake them, not to make an, a series out of them or to do like an animated thing of them because I think that that takes away from the things that make it make them all so unique. And that's where I was thinking like a series of board games that are centered around the plots of these movies and you have each person, the, you know, a bunch of the characters are like the pieces and it's like an old school style board game like uh, life or something like that, where, you know, you move the spaces. It's, you know, uh, I feel like there's room for something like that in this. And, you know, if it's one where there's like cards that you pick up, they they reference the, you know, the aspects of the movie. And to have like a series of these obscure movies in board game form, I think would appeal to, the types of people who are probably into these movies. It's like a collector's item for people who are probably into collecting shit. And it's like, you're, you're kind of 
there for the weirdos to have fun with them. <laughs> and, you know, it's not something that would cost a lot of money to produce. And, you know, I don't know. I think that there's a, a world for that. You're looking at me like I, I'm crazy. No, no. I I would be interested. I'm I'm imagining it. I'm imagining like the boxes. For some reason it's it's Transylvania six five thousand is like the one that I'm imagining. Transylvania six five thousand. It's like if you wanna have random shit in the background while you're on a Zoom call, like that's what yeah. you get. Like when CNN interviews me, that's what I wanna have behind me. Is yeah. the Transylvania six five thousand board game? So yeah, and honestly, it's like it, it, they the the less complicated the better for something like that. They can be very formulaic, but just fun to play because you know that you're doing something having to do with this like weird obscure cult movie that has so many things that would that should make it mainstream, but just aren't. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It, this was a really hard one for me though uh, because I really tried to find a way to like have some sort of movie or TV thing and nothing just really sat with me that well. No. So yeah, no, I'm imagining. So would the one crazy summer board game have like a spinner or dice or a pop matic bubble? Uh... Uh, I think that it would be dice and cards. Um, yeah, I think that would be the way to do it. I, I haven't like figured out exactly what the game how it functions. Oh no, I'm just I'm like well I imagine like to like to win the game you have to win the regatta. Oh well, I mean that's just kind of where you are on the. But is that that's board. like yeah, but that's where you are. So like maybe you get a you get a card and it's like oh like you just put Teddy's uh, who is it uh, Corvette. Lamborghini or Ferrari or something. Maserati. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. You just got, uh, you just chainsawed yeah. Teddy's car in half and got his engine. Uh oh. Dad needs you back at the gas station. <laughs> Move back five spaces. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh. You can't get out of the Godzilla suit. Yeah. Stuff like that. Uh oh. Teddy has challenged you to a basketball free throw competition. Actually, uh, I I want like a twist on Monopoly could potentially work for the Beckerstead Estates. Beckerstead Estates. It's Nantucket Opoly, which I'm sure exists. Yeah, they make all of those Opolies. Yep. Oh, all of them. Yeah, I, we were at Target the other day, and with Chloe, and she was my eight year old daughter here, who who was like, they make an Animal Crossing Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. They have one for our hometown. They have one for everything. I'm sure that the uh, the Opoly structure is uh, fair use. So public that's domain. why he's, yeah, that's why you just see everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, a uh, one crazy summer Opoly, but combining even like combining something like that, and you know, like you could buy the Storks gas station. You could buy the 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 movie. You could invest in the movie. And the yeah, Fo- was it foam? Is that what it's called? Was it called foam? I can't foam remember. Two or something, something like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's there's a lot of fun. There's the place where the dew drop in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like oh, you pick a card. Like congratulations, you raised five thousand dollars. From yeah. your concert at the Dewdrop Inn. 
Yeah. The the bank can't foreclose. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it sounds like, sorry, you know, it's like to get into these ideas, I have to kind of imagine what it would be like and I have to see it now. Okay, like, Dan, clear your mind for a second. I come to your house. In my hand is a One Crazy Summer board game. How quickly until we are playing that? We're already playing it. We're already playing it. In, in That's what this... I'm saying. Like, you don't even have to know what the gameplay is like or anything about it. You know everything you need to know. Oh, no, I just, I like imagining the the possibilities. Sure. But the things. fact that it even would exist at all. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's all it, I'm saying. It's the type of thing I would see at a mall and probably never buy. So. Really? You think that? Because I, I, I would see it and I'd be like, I've got to get that for Dan. Well, yeah, that's why I wouldn't buy it because you would probably. Because <laughs> I would get it for you. <laughs> Yeah, that's, no, it, that's it's fair. the type of thing where I'm, where you know, it's, I'm like, uh, this board game or diapers for the baby. I don't understand why you can't get both. I, you know what, you're right. You're right. <laughs> okay. So, uh, to our dear listeners, if you have seen One Crazy Summer and you have an idea for it, shoot us an email, ruinchildhoodspod at gmail.com. If you have not seen it, you got to check it out. What is it streaming on? Was it on yeah, Stars? It was on Stars. And uh, if, if you have Canopy uh, via your local public library, a uh, free streaming service with your library card, uh, it is er, at least was streaming on Canopy as of a few days ago. So. If uh, yep. if you have to choose between a beloved board game and a stars subscription, but you want to watch one crazy summer, have no fear. You can you can check it out on Canopy. Yeah, it's a really fun. Uh, it's a really fun movie. It's completely wacky. Don't take it too seriously and just enjoy yourself. But um, good summer we, movie. Yeah, we we encourage you all to let us know your thoughts. Ruinchildhoodspot.gmail.com. All of our socials and all that kind of stuff is in our episode description on a link tree and dan do you want to tell everybody what we are covering on our next episode yeah so we're you know gonna kind of keep going with uh summer movies and not necessarily movies about summer but movies that came out during the summer blockbuster season uh this was a movie that came out during the 1994 summer movie season which was jam packed with with blockbuster hits um, and this one was a, a highly anticipated, uh, movie that came out that, that summer, uh, directed by Mike Nichols, starring Jack Nicholson and Michelle Pfeiffer, James Spader, Kate Nelligan, Christopher Plummer. It is Wolf. So, and we're doing, we're going to do something a little fun with, with this because we're, I think our main focus is going to be Wolf, 1994's yep. Wolf, but, uh, I, we're also going to, you know, definitely mention some other because it joins the genre of the werewolf film. And uh, we're going to talk about some other ones. Uh, most I would say most notably the 2010 remake of The Wolfman uh, yeah. starring Benicio Del Toro, Emily Blunt, Anthony Hopkins. And... Another one that I remember being highly anticipated. Eh, this one wasn't a summer movie, though. 
I, did I say summer Not movie? Assume. I just said highly no. anticipated. No, I yeah. remember there being hype around it. It was hype around it, I think, because for a long it was it was like rumored for a long time and like it was gonna happen yeah. because it was like Benicio del Toro. Of course we have to do a Wolfman movie. Yeah. Uh <laughs> he so, was the Wolfman in uh, Big Top Peewee. Yeah. Uh, Dog faced boy. Dog faced boy. But, blah, but blah, same blah, thing, blah. same thing. It was the it was the screen test for for this <laughs> Wolfman movie. Um, directed by Joe Johnston, uh, and, uh, Hugo Weaving also, uh, also. All right. So. Can't wait. Uh, so we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll, yeah, I'm sure we'll, uh, American Werewolf in London will, will come up. I, what are your favorite werewolf movies? Uh, email us at ruinedchildhoodspod at gmail.com. Let us know, um, what, what your favorite werewolf flicks are. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get them in there, I'll, but yeah. I'll tell you this, Dan, in my favorite werewolf movie, the Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. Well, Dan, as you are racing against the boat in the regatta, I wish you a good journey. Good journey. Oh, ish. Get your towels ready. It's about to go down. Everybody in the place hit the open deck. But stay on your mother's toes. We running this. Let's go. 